Oh my God. So but, neither of my kids fucking look like me. Mm -hmm. They yeah. both look like my husband or members of my husband's family. I've accepted it. So anyway, the kids were in the back seat fucking around yesterday and all of a sudden, and she's got like a little kid laugh, you know, like she's four. So it's like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And from the back seat, I hear, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, she laughs like me. <laughs> I was like, she has something of mine. <laughs> but her laugh was just, <laughs> did like Jacoby get hurt or something? <laughs> And that's what she was laughing at. I don't know what it was. It was probably some lowbrow shit, but I don't know what it was. Holy shit, these are real life SVU episodes. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And don't listen if you don't want you fucking prick. Jeez. <laughs> you look cute today. Your hair, your face. <laughs> everything that's happening... Intermish. I can't even do that anymore. It hurts. <laughs> okay, so yes, this is an intermish. Yes, it's much shorter than our regular episodes. Yes, we, we don't got, give a shit. But we got a <laughs> bananas ass email that we have to give you. And then I think I might throw a couple uh garbage cookies on here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I was talking I was explaining to the my lawyer about what garbage cookies and French friendship boats mean. And uh, he was like, garbage cookies. And I was like, yeah, Tasha had this shitty boyfriend. Blah, 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 and he's freaked out on her about giving him the cookies that like aren't cute enough to be on the platter that you present. Yeah. And he's like, who the fuck gets pissed about cookies? And I was like, <laughs> psychopaths. I was like, that's why it's funny. Like, because it's insane to get mad. He's like, I would love a plate of cookies. You know? Full blown 10. Full blown yeah. 10 of rage. Yeah. Well, let's get into it then. So I met my my new therapist. Yeah. And her name's Elizabeth. And I think she's probably going to listen <laughs> to the podcast. Oh, God. And then I was going over, like, I'm like some getting to know you shit. And I was talking about my, you know, the summer I had some ups and downs, but they weren't as intense. And I'm like, you know, like, my normal, like, manic to depressive stuff is like Six Flags. But this summer it was kind of like Little America, Little America Mad Mouse. <laughs> And yeah. she didn't respond or react in any way. And I was like, you're not from here, are you? <laughs> she yeah. goes, no. <laughs> I said, you didn't grow up here. And she's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, that would have killed. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not going to explain it. I'm like, it's, it's a, just a smaller roller coaster, okay? <laughs> and I really had to hold myself back from going, ride, ride the mad mouse. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm glad I was we were on the about, same page with that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. It could be like, I could go over like some hills in a road and I would be like out loud to myself in my car, be like, ride the mad mouse. <laughs> like, it's always going to be there. It's one of those, mm -hmm. you know, like Mentos song commercial memories for me. Yeah. And I tried to Google, I tried to find on YouTube the old commercial so that we could post it. And it is scrubbed from the internet for <laughs> obvious reasons. No, I just couldn't find it. But yeah, anyway, so I love my therapist. I want to read you this fucking email we got. Yeah. So this came in and I saw like I skimmed it because it's a very long, which is great. I love every detail, but I skimmed it as soon as it came in and then immediately texted Gabe and I was like, don't read this email. We got to read it to you. I know. And then I was like, oh, my God, now I want to read it. This is from boop, 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 nobody anonymous. 
Okay. Oh, they want to remain anonymous? Anonymous? Anonymous. Hi, Tasha and Gabe. First, must... Okay, I might leave this stuff out because I always feel like weird, like self-congratulatory when people say nice stuff, even though I super appreciate it and I need it so bad. First, must say that I love, love, love SVU Pod. It's the perfect mix of hysterical commentary and serious takes on the messed up shit that people do to each other. You both are awesome. I'm so disappointed in myself for binging seasons one and two because now I'm forced to only listen to one episode per week, though it does give me something to look forward to on a Tuesday. Smiley face. Okay. So I have a family story to share with you, as well as family ghost stories for Gabe <gasps> in a follow-up, in a follow-up email. Not now. Wait. This person says in a follow-up email. Okay, go ahead. If you do happen to use this story in an intermission or something, hi, I'd appreciate it if you could make it anonymous. This is the story of my great-grandfather and his horrible, horrible deeds. Oh my God. One of his daughters is my grandmother, who is still alive and the sweetest woman I know. So I'd rather not be known for bringing up one of the worst memories of her life. Oh my Jesus. In fact, the story is something of a family secret. I remember hearing whispers and hints of what happened when I was a child. Something about how great grandpa had an affair and ran away from his family and then wound up dead. But I didn't get the full crazy account until two years ago when my dad actually looked up a court case related to what happened. To the best of my knowledge, no one ever speaks about this, and I have no idea if my 18 cousins even know about what Russell Moore did to his family slash families. So here are the details. Sorry for the lengthiness. Never apologize for every detail. Mm -mm. I am like on the edge of my seat. Yeah. The short version, my great-grandfather was sort of a bigamist, definitely an alcoholic, and an asshole murderer. Russell Moore was born about 1899 and worked as a manager of a dairy in Collingsworth, New Jersey. He was married to Laura W. Moore, and they had four children together. Alice, Elizabeth, spelled E-L-I-Z-A-B-A-T-H. That odd spelling is according to Ancestry.com. So, I don't know. Okay. Russell Jr. and Ruth, my grandmother. Around 1944, Russell traveled to Salisbury, Maryland to purchase Homestead Dairy Products Company. Homestead Dairy Products Co. Is Co. Dot? Is that company? I think it's company, yeah. Okay. Or corporation. Corporate. I know. I wasn't sure if it was. Wouldn't that just be C-O-R-P? Corp? Yeah, yeah. I get hung up on details that have no bearing on anything. But anyway, it's unclear if his family always intended to stay in New Jersey, or if he had planned to eventually move them to Maryland once he settled. Regardless, he spent the next five years in Maryland living with his mistress, who he called his wife, Marjorie May Mankey. Prior to moving in with Russell in 1944, Marjorie worked at the railroad ticket office in Philly. They had a daughter together in 1945 and named her Marilyn. Were they having an affair prior to moving in together? Probably a good assumption, but no confirmation that I can find. Fast forward to January 1950. Russell is a full-blown alcoholic, maybe always was, and Marjorie and Marilyn had actually moved out of the home because of his cruel behavior when drunk. He convinced Marjorie to return in March of 1950, but things quickly took a turn. During a binge, the two got into an argument about money. Apparently, she said she can't live off the $10 a week he provides her, then, in a blacked-out rage, he shot her in the head at their kitchen table. Oh, my God. I haven't even read this fully by myself. Holy shit. He and four-year-old Marilyn continued to live in the home with the dead body covered in a sheet for seven days. Oh, my God. At that point, 
he and Marilyn left the home and drove to Moore's family home in Collingswood, New Jersey. This part is according to my dad. As they were driving north, Russell's New Jersey wife, Laura, was boarding a train to Salisbury to confront Russell. Whether she was going to see him about the second family, his alcoholism, and or lack of money is anyone's guess. When she arrived, she saw the police cars outside of the house and knew something terrible had happened. Meanwhile, in New Jersey, Russell arrived at the family home with Marilyn in tow and, also according to my dad, saw my grandmother on her way out to school. She said, Daddy, what are you doing here? And he said, go to school, Ruthie and then proceeded down to the basement with young Marilyn and shot himself in front of her. <gasps> Apparently, she was covered in blood and matter from the blowback of the shot. Oh, my God. <sighs> she was four. That's fucking awful. The fact that he subjected this poor four-year-old to witness the deaths and aftermath of both of her parents is beyond horrific. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what she went through. Marjorie's parents gained custody of Marilyn after that and actually sued Laura W. Moore as she was the executress of Russell's estate. Russell was quite well off from his dairy business. The court documents detail the horrific conditions of the home that Marilyn had to live in after Russell shot her mother. Apparently, a portion of her skull was resting on the kitchen table while they continued to live there. Mm. Based on the court documents that I've found... Their suit was initially found in favor of Laura Moore since Marilyn was an illegitimate child. Mm. The appeals documents found in Marilyn's favor because no shit, that's what should have happened to begin with. So that's the end of that insane story as far as I can tell. If I can clarify anything, let me know. Okay, love you, bye. <laughs> oh my God. Fuck? Holy oh my shit. God. That's nuts, dude. It's so bananas to me that like... Like when somebody's actually related to someone that did terrible things. You yeah. Know what I mean, it's like weird. It's, it's crazy. Or anybody who has any kind of, it's like a macabre celeb th kind of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I had, my friend's dad was a prison guard for Jeffrey Dahmer, you know? Right. And it was like, yeah. like bananas. My grandpa lived in the same neighborhood. I think he said like two blocks from John Wayne Gacy. He said he was like a super nice guy. Always Gross. was having like, cookouts and stuff yeah oh yeah in chicago or wherever it was what's this ghost thing why can't it be now oh, that you send it i'll message her back right now oh i i uh got to get in real close contact with a dead body um when i was in massage school did i ever tell you about this have i talked about this i don't know my so cousin my cousin they did that with cadavers and stuff too when he was in massage school yeah. so i was in massage school and we had cadaver day where we went to wherever they kept them at school and we go into this room and I had to like hype myself up for it, you know? And our instructor mm -hmm. was like, it's, it's really just to go. And then you like, they, you get to see real muscle tissue and all this stuff close up and whatever to give you a better idea of like what you're working with. Mm -hmm. So we go in and I'm getting myself hyped, you know, I'm not like appropriately medicated at this point. So I was getting a lot of anxiety about it. And we're in there and there's a body with male anatomy and a body with female anatomy. And sort of like looking at both, you know, da da da, whatever. And I'm kind of like <sighs> through it, trying to get myself comfortable and breathe. And in this mm -hmm. room, it's a small room. There's like 20 of us in there. There's metal shelves, like industrial shelves on every wall all around it. And on every shelf, there's like bags, like plastic bags, but they're the thick plastic, you know, 
Mm -hmm. but still clear. And I'm like, what's in all these bags? And I'm distracted, you know, whatever, looking around, going back to paying attention to what we're doing, looking around. And somebody came through, like a student or like a student aide or whatever. Somebody came through and said something about they're fortunate to have these cadavers here, which were like, it looked their their muscles look like cooked chicken because they had to be in like formaldehyde and shit mm-hmm. to, you know, obviously so they wouldn't decompose. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what was said or how it was said, but I found out through this person talking that in these bags were dead cats. Hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's it's what we use so we can, you know, dissect and whatever and see the there's like 30 to 40, 30 to 50 feral hogs. There's 30 <laughs> to 40 dead cats in plastic bags. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing it. I see like a little paw pressed up against one part of the plastic. I see like a little face like eh! I had to fucking leave. I went and sat out in the hallway on the floor. I was like, I cannot be in a room with that much fucking death. I'm not a cat person, but I'm not mm-hmm. a dead cats surrounding me in plastic bags person either yeah anyway we're 30 seconds into this episode let's go okay (laughs) yesterday i got like measured by this chick to make me a dress and because i'm always i'm so pissed because i can never find any dresses ever it's like a whole thing i guess she listens to the podcast but i didn't know that and i was just like had been running around so i was just kind of like like in my head like let's get this done so i can get out of here you know what i mean Mm-hmm. And I was like, I felt kind of bad. Why were you cunty? No, I just wasn't norm- my normal, like, chit-chatty, like, mm. you know. Yeah. I had somebody, you know, I had somebody, like, measuring me, and I don't like to be, like, touched. Did she tell you that she, well, obviously, you weren't just like, you're a listener. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, she was real chatty, and she, like, was walked walk me back to my car, um, which was really sweet. And then she saw the license plate and was like, oh. That's so funny. I love that. You guys are so great. And I was like, oh. And I just felt bad that I wasn't more like, you know. But, um, you know, you'll have to go. Like, is she going to make you a dress? Yeah. You'll have to go back and just like make up for it wildly. <laughs> yeah. You know how it is. Like, oh, I think about that. Like some guy drove by and gave me the finger on the interstate. And I was like, ooh, I hope he doesn't look at my fucking thing on the back of my car and go on Apple Podcasts and give us a one-star review because I'm a shitty driver. <laughs> yeah, I kind of sort of hate the license plates now. I know, me too. It can be a temporary <laughs> thing. And then we can get rid of Just it. Because- it's John. It's my husband. He loves a personalized license plate. I know. And it was such a good idea. And it was so sweet. But I'm like, now it's like just something where it's easy to remember or pick out. Like right. somebody, somebody can be like, hey, I thought you weren't going out today. You said you couldn't hang out. I saw your fucking car. Right. And I know it was yours. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. The anonymous story that I just told you, this person just messaged back with ghost stories for you. This is all for you. Okay. Hi, Tasha, but mostly Gabe. Hi. Which I'm fine with. (laughs) Like she needed permission. I'm fine with it. Moving on. As promised, I'm following up with some ghost stories. These are courtesy of my mom, who never admitted until this year, I'm 37, that she has had multiple experiences with seeing ghosts. She told my husband and I when she'd had a couple of glasses of white Zinfandel, the grossest of wines. Mm. I don't know. I don't you know drink what? wine. No, I agree. I agree. I'm a white That's... wine drinker, but mm-hmm. Zinfandel is like, nah. Anyway, her guard was down a little bit. These are vignettes of her experiences because she wouldn't go into a ton of detail. She was very clearly feeling awkward about telling us and worried we'd think she's crazy. Side note, this medium ability may run in the family because our four-year-old 
has mentioned seeing ghosts outside since they were about two. Once when they were three, they were sitting on my sister-in-law's lap looking into the dark and creepily goes in this little sing-song voice, oh, the people. She goes, what people? And he goes, the people, they watching us. (laughs) God, kids are so creepy. Before they've getting, gotten beaten down by fucking society, they're so creepy. Yeah, and I love it. Like, yeah, because like the, I there's always like a, call Gabe and tell her about um, my kids talking about like their past lives and shit because they do. They say weird ass shit too. Where I'm like, yeah, what? No, what was that last thing I was? Te- I don't know. I can pull it up later. Yeah, where Darla was like, no, my other dad, the one that died in the brown car. Oh, <laughs> or yeah, <whatever>. yeah. <laughs> okay. The Valentine Day's Haunted House. One Valentine's Day, my mom and stepdad decided to go. This person is a great storyteller, by the way. Like the way it's all like mapped out. I love it. One Valentine's Day, my mom and stepdad decided to go on a ghost tour in Cape May where they used to live because romance isn't dead. (laughs) They're on the tour. All's fine. Then they're supposed to go into a house. My mom gets a weird feeling and says she's not going in. Her husband is like, well, I am, and heads inside. Ah, love. Super supportive guy, I roll. (laughs) She doesn't want to be left alone, so ends up going inside and in the parlor, sees this little black dog running in between all of the people on the tour. She's all, I'm I'm just not using anybody's name, but she's all, husband, look at the cute puppy. And he's like, what puppy? The tour guides tell everyone they can head back to the bus and stop my mom and ask what she was talking about with her husband. When she says there was a dog, they ask if the dog looked like the one pictured above the fireplace, which it did. The owner of the house, an apparent resident ghost, owned a little black dog that people also occasionally see when visiting the property. They said it doesn't happen every tour, but once in a while someone will mention seeing the dog while they're in the parlor completely unprompted. That's one of her better stories, and it was corroborated by stepdad, so I bought into that one. Then things started getting weird. (sighs) The soldier story. Apparently, my mom was pushing my grandmom around in her wheelchair while they were doing some sightseeing. I'm unsure about where they were, but somewhere on the East Coast. She said she looked to the side and saw a Union soldier lying on the ground pointing a rifle in her direction. Oh, my God. My mom couldn't say anything because my grandmother would not buy into that shit. For context, this is my grandma who liked Eagles football and hated Peyton Manning, not my grandma from the other story who's super sweet and says, oh, dear, when things don't go quite right. Mm -hmm. That's all for that one. Mm -hmm. So her mom wouldn't go into more detail, but she saw a Union soldier pointing a gun at her. Okay. Wow. Okay. The surgery room. There's a couple, just these like short little, again, she said vignettes. The surgery room. My mom used to be an operating room nurse before retiring and claimed that she knew whenever something would go wrong in surgery because she'd see a flash of light at the start of the surgery. Like Mm. the issue could be that they'd lose the patient or there would just be complications. This is when I started going, hmm, more white zin. (laughs) Do the sound. (laughs) Feed that bitch some wine and get some more stories. The boat guy. Pull out the box. Mama's getting drunk. <laughs> the box. That gave away a lot about you. <laughs> I don't drink wine. I just remember my dad having a box of wine in the fridge. Uncle Herman would always bring a box of wine to like family functions. And he was the one who was like, it was with my conservative side of the family. My other side of the family had like full bars wherever we went. But um, mm-hmm. on that side of the family, my uncle would bring a box of wine and everybody's like, woo! <laughs> Herman's the wild guy. <laughs> 
the boat guy. This is her last story. More recently, via phone, she, this person's mom, told me that she had a new sighting. She and her husband were out on their boat, and she turns around to see a man ghost standing behind her husband at the helm. Apparently, they bought the boat used from a dude who was ill. Was it him? (gasps) She never met him and couldn't say. So those are all of my pseudo spooky family ghost stories. I'd give them a four out of 10 overall, but we'll let Gabe be the real judge. (laughs) The dog one I think is my favorite because it's a dog. But the little kid, creepy little kid thing, Mm -hmm. that's the... That's my first favorite. The dog's my second favorite. So also, I will update you if my mom has any additional convincing stories or if my child starts becoming Haley Joel Osment. Oh, my God. Okay, thanks for all you do. Love you, bye. Um, I think that their mom is holding back so much more. I think this person's mother dipped her toe into, hey, what do you think of this? And what I think you need to do is, here's my unsolicited advice. Just keep getting her drunk. Keep keep getting her drunk and just be very open and receptive, which it sounds like you are. And you're going to get, she's probably surrounded by, Haley Joel Osment, that's your mother. Mm -hmm. She's seeing dead people all over the place. I think we should do a little Halloween And we should, like, just read ghost stories or interview people who have had ghost story stuff. (gasps) Okay, fine. I'm in. Um, Okay, so if you have any ghost stories, I know that this is, like, you guys are, like, we've given you all of our ghost stories. Any of us that have ghost stories, nothing is too far-fetched, okay? Mm -hmm. If you have a ghost story or a fucked-up experience, shoot us an email and let us know. Because then maybe we can do a little, like, spooky something for Halloween. Remember I told you about my experience? Did I ever put that up on the podcast? Or I think maybe I... I don't know. Set it aside for Patreon. I'll see if I can find it. You know, the one um, at my brother's house? I don't remember. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna look for that. And maybe I'll... Okay. That'll get the Halloween-y ball rolling. But I'll look for it. It's, got, it's somewhere in all of my, like, audio files. Thanks, secret sender of, of ghost stuff that I love Thanks so much. Thanks for the ghost stuff and the fucked up grandpa story. Yeah. This person is just chock full of... I want to have a drink with you. Me too. I just want to be like, tell me everything. All right. right. Thank you so much, listener. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Secret, secret. (laughs) We know your name. (laughs) Thanks for letting us do a little intermish here, you guys. I feel like we have to ask permission because we're skipping a week of putting an episode out, but we really needed this week. Yeah. Tosh is like, oh, I feel like I can't skip a week or whatever but you like have so much stuff and then you were on vacation which you totally deserve to go on vacation and uh i'm like dude our episodes are like an hour and a half long it's okay for you to like (laughs) have a have a second you know one of my one of my fucking pieces of equipment wasn't it like got fucked up so it worked out anyway yeah because i had to like order a new one and stuff yeah. Good story. A thing broke, and then I had to order a new one, and that's it. <laughs> now it's better. <laughs> Sorry about that laugh. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a really um, large-breasted cartoon bird. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they like make female birds, like female pigeons, look big-tittied because they yeah. have like, a fluffy feathers in the front? You would have a best friend that was a big tittied bird. Yeah, because I hate myself. <laughs> that was my fucking joke. Oh. <laughs> that was that was stupid. <laughs> so next week we'll be back with episode what episode are we on? Seven? Seven. Sacrifice. 
Benson and Stabler enter the world of pornography when they investigate the shooting and rape of an unidentified man outside of a gay club. Damn. Follow us on all social media at SVUPod. Join our Facebook group, SVUPod Elite Squad. Email us at SVUPod at gmail.com. Check out our Patreon. We got garbage cookie episodes. We got friendship boats. <laughs> See? Friendship it's boats. It's going to get better. You're going to get better. You're doing great. Friendship oh my God, my boat episode. My lawyer even said that. He's like, it's good to just keep saying it. And I was like, <laughs> fuck you. That's what Tasha says. <laughs> This is exposure therapy, and I have no credentials. <laughs> That's why I trust you the most. <laughs> because I don't know what's good for me ever. <laughs> thank you to our Elite Squad patrons. Thank you to all of our patrons, but thank you yeah. especially to our Elite Squad patrons. Haley K, Sonia W, Jenny S, Sky K, Nikki B, Marissa M, Elky H, Sarah A, Annie G, Mary D, and Andrew. Yeah, thanks guys. Thank you so much. You guys are so supportive and we appreciate your fucking money. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, we're newer to Patreon and stuff, so let us know how it's going and how you're enjoying like the content that you get and like how much of it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, feedback. We'll what, see you guys no. next week. You'll hear us talking to each other next week. <laughs> Back on our shit next week. Yeah. Is there anything else? I don't know anything else. Okay. I don't know anything else. Well, your grandma called and she wasn't feeling <laughs> so good. So right. my mom says before she takes a breath and talks for 15 more minutes on the phone. Well, I don't know anything else. Your dad was late last night, and I made some chili. Oh, it was fine. Your mom doesn't need to be eating any more chili, though. But it's that time of year. I love wearing okay. turtlenecks. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> love you, love you. Bye.